Welcome to Inspiring People and Places, where we interview national leaders in the architectural, engineering, construction, and development industry in an effort to educate, innovate, and inspire industry professionals to disrupt the status quo, improve their project teams, and steward public and private investments more effectively. I'm your host, BJ Kramer, President and CEO of MCFA. Allow me to introduce today's guest. And we are excited to have on the show today, Jim Beck. Jim uh, actually recently retired from the U.S. Army Reserves after 33 years uh, supporting our military and is currently the Senior Program Manager for Construction at Allegheny Health Network. Jim Beck, welcome to Inspiring People and Places. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. It's great to have you. So, Jim, the way our our show starts out is... uh, Getting the uh, audience to know a little bit about Jim Beck. Uh, how did you become a senior program manager at Allegheny Health? How did you get into the construction industry? Uh, as far back as it start, if you want to weave in any military experience that's that's uh, applicable, please do. Well, um, that goes back a long ways now, no question. I, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I've kind of always, as a kid, even like building things and stuff like that. It was just in my blood. My, my, my dad was a was a was a master carpenter and used to do things and he passed away and I was really young, but I still had that drive and desire to do. And so when I going through high school and, and stuff, it just, you know, it was just, it just seemed like it was where I was supposed to be. And so as I, as I came out of school and went to college, I went to a, to a, a attended actually a, a associates, it got a, a community college in, in the, in the Western Pennsylvania, in the Butler uh, area. Butler County Community College and got an associate's degree there in architecture, really, and then then moved into uh, engineering, and, uh, and and really got a and and went on forward and finished up with a degree in engineering, and and really got into the design aspect, working for a firm in, in Butler for for twenty some years. Um, uh, throughout that timeline, though, I was I joined the army as well, coming right out of high school, and uh, and and so went to. Um, uh, basic training at Fort Dix, New Jersey, and and uh, became a uh, at that time a, a con- light construction equipment operator in the in, a, in the engineers and uh, nice SAONs. Yeah. yes so but uh had a bad experience there ended up leaving that unit and uh, transferring to a unit that was up at my parents' house and um, who happened to be a fuel unit which really was a was one of those things that was just meant to be because I I got into the fuel supply, which is pumps and pipes. And, but on my civilian job as an engineer, I was working, you know, in, in, in mechanical systems and started specializing in, in uh, plumbing design and, and working with pumps and pipes again. And so <laughs> it kind of, it kind of worked very, very well and throughout my, throughout my career in, in the military, as well as, um, as the, uh, in my civilian job. So uh, one complemented the the other uh, throughout. Even though I was a quartermaster officer, as I as I went through ten years, of enlisted, became an officer, and uh, went back into doing the same thing, working with fuel and water, but managing the units then and and uh, doing the mission. Um, I, uh, I I had to work with the engineers in order to build the the the, the pipeline systems or the the, the uh, petroleum systems that we worked with, and so. Uh, having that engineering background really helped us to understand each other better 
and I can help them to to know what we needed to be, and they and and they helped me to get it all done and uh, and get it prepped. So uh, throughout that timeline, I've been I was deployed, you know, and uh, did three different tours in in uh, in Iraq and uh, actually Saudi Arabia. The Gulf War was the first tour as a as a young twenty uh, year old turned twenty one in the middle of a desert, and, uh, <laughs> and then and then my last two tours overseas were were um, in Iraq. So. Um, I did, I've done six deployments altogether, um, wow. but, but the other three were all stateside. So I never, never got to, never left the country and did the support from, from here. So, which was okay. Some of those times I, I spent, uh, my first part of my, my, my career, I, I didn't deploy. I only deployed once for the, like the first 12 years. And then my, my last 13 years are, or, you know, I, I, or more than that, actually 16 years now, I deployed, you know, seven, six more or five more times. So, you know, so it was okay. The last two times to stay behind and, and, um, and, and, and work, uh, at, a, at the, uh, at the, uh, headquarters and be able to go home every night. So that was, uh, the first time that happened was the, the longest I've been able to stay at home in, in like 10 years. So wow. <laughs> my wife and family were pretty happy about that. Yeah, I'm sure that's a, that's a struggle on the home front. So a couple of questions I want to hit you with out of the gates. So you, I think you're the first reservist we've had outside of myself on the, on the <laughs> show. So talk to us about the balance of, and, and now that you're out of the military or, or retiring from the reserves, yeah. The balance of your civilian career and your military career and and what are you going to do with all this time you're getting back yeah you know that's uh it it really hasn't been hard to fill lately <laughs> <laughs> but like I, it, the balance is 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 no question is 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 the challenge and and thank goodness i had a, a, a my wife is just an incredible person and uh, she's the one that had to deal with all the issues when i was gone and uh, and so I give her all the credit because there was a lot of times that there was no balance. She had it all, and I was someplace else around the world, and 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 or you know, or at training or whatever that might be. And and of course, nothing happens when I'm at home. It always, you know, <laughs> that's, you that's know, right. This breaks or this goes wrong or something uh, happens. No refrigerator. The dryer's it, broken. It, whatever. Right. Exactly. Kid, kid broken arm. Right. Yeah. So. So, you know, so it, 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 God bless her for, she's the one, you know, and, and, and we, we, you know, we first met, she was in high school and I had just started college. And so she knew me when we, when I deployed to the Gulf War. And so, and we've been together, you know, that whole time. And so, so, you know, she's, what's her name? Uh, Mary Carr. Mary so, Carr. Shout out to Mary Carr. Yeah. So she's, uh, she's definitely been uh, that, that, that. The, the rock that, that and the glue that holds it all together and keeps it keeps it you know it, it provides that balance without question I, and I've, I've known a lot of soldiers throughout the years who didn't have that balance and uh and 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 of course you know that, that turned into you know a bad situation a lot of times and in uh in in a lot of difficult situations so and as a as a you know a NCO going up and then and later as an officer and stuff, I got to deal with those situations in in various ways and and helping out that soldier and stuff. And so, so I uh, love her to death and uh, and can't thank her enough for 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 that balance. And beside that, you know, I got to work. I got you know two kids um, that, that play sports and stuff. And so y y y y y everyone has the same amount of time. 
there's, yep. you know, it's that's that's finite. So you, you learn how to, to, you know, prioritize things and, and do things. Sometimes I t- said the army says, nope, I can't be there this weekend. That's it. I, if you can't, if that's if that's not acceptable, then maybe it's time for me to go. But you, you, you they, you know, we work together. You find a way, and you, and you make it happen. And and so, uh, sometimes it was easier than other times. And and also with the, the depending on the leadership that you worked with as well. So yeah, the two things I want to hit are one, I came off active duty, and and the reserves, you know, when you're deployed, and my guys would be like, ah, oh, we got stuck with the reserves, and I'm like, my dad, I grew up in a reserve family. Mm-hmm the value that the reserves brings to the active duty because you know the the different perspectives and different experiences and there's like story after story of of units that you know that they've got a lot of um, police officers from home and how that was so critical in a mountain environment deployed and how the reserves really took a lead in your situation you know coming from a construction background and, and we're doing reconstruction overseas and like how much value that brings and the perspective and like bringing in kind of a hybrid mixed bag of professionals to augment our force. I, I want to give a shout out to the reserves and, and then the individual reserves. I had no idea how much juggling um, went back and forth and I've been lucky to be in, in some creative assignments and some, some standard assignments and the standard assignments, like that one week in a month comes up really quick yeah. and, and the administrative nonsense in between, uh, it's yeah. like, yeah. uh, just getting on your computer sometimes can be a two hour task at night. It's like, what the hell am I doing? Yeah. Uh, so congratulations on 33 years, uh, of service. Thank you for your service. Um, your, your retirement's well-earned yeah. uh, and hopefully your family gets to fill all that time that you get back. There's uh, never a shortage of things to do. <laughs> no, no question. And, uh, and, and you know, it, whether it be from, I'm coaching my son's hockey team, which I, I played basketball and soccer and baseball. I never played hockey, but Hey, here I am. <laughs> so, You're an engineer. You'll figure it out. I figure it out. Right. <laughs> we'll, we'll make it happen. I know how a team works and that's really what that's, you know, the, some of the, some of the biggest issues is the, is uh, is getting that team together and making them understand and and uh, stuff and so seeing seeing them grow and and uh, even my daughter who's you know graduated college now and stuff and and uh, seeing her grow she played you know soccer and volleyball throughout her her life and so just helping out and just being there and is uh is yeah that that sometimes it, I was it was I was there sometimes I wasn't and stuff but she but she knew that you know I always wanted to be there and that was uh, to me it was, it was it was an important part so yeah. Yeah. So let's talk uh, a little bit about your role and and what goes on at the Allegheny Health Network. How big is it? How many facilities, square footage, department? Uh, What's all under your responsibility? Tell us. We have like like eight full, you know, uh, you know, full service hospitals that that fall underneath the network, and and uh, two hundred and yeah, we have uh, she was many hospitals. There's which are something brand new to Pennsylvania that only have like fourteen beds in them, but they have. Oh wow. Yeah, so we we've got those that are that, and I I, I want to say there's four of those in the network. I know there's one underneath my responsibility in the in the area that I that I manage for 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 the for the network. Um, there's uh, uh, cancer institutes that we that we've built and in our in our and the thing about it is we try to get back into the community and bring that that care as close to home as possible. And uh, that's been the uh, the um, the vision 
And so, and, and which has really kept me busy and my team busy to, to help to, you know, make that vision possible. And you can really see it with the, with people because now, you know, you don't, you don't have to travel that long distance to get to something. Hopefully that we have a, you know, a, a space for you and a, or a facility that's, that's closer to home for you. And if, you know, for that routine care stuff, but then if you need that specialized care, then we have the facilities that can do that as well. So it's, uh, it's really a, a, um, a great organization so far that I've been, you know, since I've been, I'm going on eight years that I've been here now and, uh, and to see where it's come from and where, and, and seeing the vision on where we want to go to yet. It's, and, and for me that, you know, on a personal basis for me, I get to give back and help people yeah you know, by doing what I do. Cause I can't be a doctor. It's not me. <laughs> I, I was once an EMT. Nope. Couldn't, I, I did it. I'm glad I did it, but I found out that it's not what I wanted to be. But when I got into construction side and doing this and being able to, I get to give back and help people in that way, because I get to take that, that vision that a doctor would have, that will have, or that, that area that needs to be updated and make that into something that really gives the health people. And so, and that's like, that's why I tell my team and, and everybody that, that I, I hired for my team and stuff to say, Hey, this is why we do what we do. And, uh, and stuff. And, and, and some of the most challenging work that we get to do as well, you know, putting that team together and, and making it happen and, and being able to, uh, uh, you know, see the vision and make it a reality. So, so you, you hit on team and I ha I heard a rumor that you've got a lot of veterans working with you over there. Talk to us about your staff and, and yeah. your, your uh, goals there. Yeah. Well, even when I came on board here, um, you know, eight years ago, the, the, the vice president that, that managed the whole, you know, construction real estate uh, part of AHN, it just started a few, four months before me, but he was a retired Colonel from the army as well. Uh, West Point grad and uh, just a just a, an awesome person, great leader and uh, and really you know had a, uh, a vision and a system that he was able to build here. And then I was I've been very very fortunate to be a part of that. On top of that, though, we had you know uh, one, two, three, four, five you know other officers that are re retired um, uh, you know service members that 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 you know joined the network. And I was I'm really I was the only one that was still uh, active at the time. Um, so but, you know, in, 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 so right now she was throughout the these last eight years was probably seven or eight of us. Two of them are have retired since, you know, as wow. well. So, I mean, it's still right now. I mean, there's, you know, other than myself, there's, you know, uh, we have Eric and and uh, Rob Aubrey and uh, and uh, Bernie and um uh, even our now the VP that we have now who took over since Thomas, since Mr. Thompson retired, uh, uh, Chuck, he's also a, 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 a Air Force guy, retired Air Force guy. And so he's now leading our team and and stuff. And so, yeah. So, yeah, we have a good mixture of veterans that work for us. Their work that I get to work together with. And actually, the one colonel that I get to work with, he was actually my boss one time on the on the. <laughs> And, uh, and so, but, but he got the job, not because of knowing me, he got the job because of, you know, someone knew Dick Thompson, you know, our VP. And he, he came over to me one day and says, Hey, you know, this gentleman I said, well, if it's the same guy that was, I said, yep. And so, <laughs> so now we, we, we got to came, come to work together on a different type of role, more of a peer than in C, instead of him being senior to me. And, and, uh, but he just, I, I value his, his, his guidance and leadership. And we've worked together now for six years and seven years in that role. And, 
and uh so yeah so you, you get to see both sides of the fence and get to work around and, and uh, uh it's it's been a and, and, and of course we have a number of that haven't been the army as well or military as well and so you know so we have a good mixture and a good team and uh and what built from you know six to eight or whatever when i first started now we got over you know probably 60 or 70 of us that wow this team that that manages all the capital efforts and construction efforts for the for the network so that's that's huge so for for our listeners that aren't in the healthcare world and, and don't fully appreciate the complexity of both the, the facilities and the problems and the emissions that go inside of those facilities between, and I know that mechanical and clean air and all of that stuff that goes into it. Give us a little picture of what all you guys are involved in to, uh, to build and keep the uh, hospitals going. There's a, there's a, uh, I'll go through the, like, basically the list of stakeholders that we have involved in every project. Perfect. You know, there'll be the the, uh, the the leadership of the hospital, of course, has to always be there. There'll be this the uh, the the clinical team that that we're building this space for. They're a part of that to help to under to 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 you know sh- to have them share their vision of what they need to make happen. And I have and that, our, that clinical team. You're saying the medical folks. That's the, the medical that's folks, the doctor right. and the nurse the, or the surgeon. The, they're the face to face care person that deals with the with the patients. Yep. Um, and I have an architect that specializes in healthcare design, and uh, and depending on what part of you know of the of the healthcare that we're doing, we we will tailor that to the to the selection of the architect as well. So we, you know it could be an outpatient facility or an inpatient facility. It could be a cardiac rehab. Or it could be a neuro. Or you know we you know it could be behavior health, whatever that might be. We try to make sure that the the team that we pull into that is is a uh, understands has some familiarity with that understands the regulatory guidance that be, that that <clears throat> that goes along there and that's another part of the stakeholders we have a regulatory person that's on that staff to help make sure that we're that we're uh, bringing all those pieces together now the architect the engineers they have a regulatory resp- uh, uh, responsibility as well to know the different guidelines on how we have to design facilities and stuff like that but the regulatory guy brings uh, more information to the in the more the clinical side of that of that to us we have infection control measures which is critical when we get into the construction side of things so we have that team that are on board and part of that stakeholder group and of course on top of that when we have we have an equipment planner that's there we have a furniture planner that's there that specializes in, in all that healthcare related uh stuff we have um <clears throat> in um uh, network um it person that specializes just in that we have um of course the engineers who work with the design team that you know that they they know hospital requirements and stuff the the uh hvac heating ventilation air requirements the plumbing requirements all those kind of things they they have to be so they're part of that team security they always have to be a part of it as well uh, even the the the, uh, the facility side of things and i can't forget those those guys are, are a huge portion of it all because once i get it built and we turn it over, then the facilities guys, they have to manage it and keep it running throughout the whole, you know, through the day-to-day operations. Now, how does, how does uh, uh, what I would refer to as operations and maintenance, where, where does their line take over? Where does capital projects stop from both mm-hmm. 
a handoff, but also a day-to-day responsibility. What what size project would be considered O and M versus construction? Well, and and that and that's can be different for for different facilities and how they want to do things. If we're if we're just doing a paint job or something someplace, or refreshing carpet or something like that, that's more of a facilities um, maintenance kind of thing that they'll do. Um, anything where it's upgrading a facility where it needs a design needs to go get for a permit or something like that normally will be considered a capital expense okay. for us and, and move forward. And, and there's gray lines there, but you know, so, but that's the gist of, of how we would how we would uh, classify projects and such. Yeah. So I, w- the intro that I had to to healthcare and and the things that you, uh, I'm an engineer. I'm in the project management, construction management world, so I I have an appreciation for these, but you know, different sites, you, you start to appreciate different things. And, yeah. you know, at the VA, there was a, there was a doc that, you know, upgraded a piece of equipment, acquired it, never talked to the facilities team. And it is like, why doesn't it fit? And right. I don't have, why can't I just plug it in the wall? Yeah, no, uh, <laughs> it's not that easy. It's not that easy. Right. And a lot of times, even when we came on board and when, when, when the, when I first came on board here, that was being done. Even the, even the, 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 uh, the uh, leadership and stuff, I just need to buy a piece of equipment and get installed. It, it's not that simple. <laughs> yeah. There could be electrical requirements to that plumbing requirements to that changes to the size of the machine, which may require changes to the, the room that it's going into and, and stuff. And so all those little nuances, yeah, the machine might have cost half a million dollars, but oh, we have to do another half a million dollars of changes to make it work. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, that was a, and so what, what they, what capital expense would be for a, for, for, you know, for that, whether that cost of that equipment was, they were missing the rest of that cost and stuff. And so finally getting them educated to understand that, that, Hey, when you got that, let us know. And we're going to help you with that to avoid these going forward. And so, and, and it took a, it took a year to get through that. But we did it. And, and uh, now it's, it's, you know, throughout the whole network, we're better for it. So, yeah, that's, that's great. Well, I appreciate that perspective. Uh, moving into, you know, you've, you've had some military experiences, you've had some, some project construction experiences, uh, talk to us about a leadership or project challenge and 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 lessons that you've learned in leadership through your work. You know the uh, the the biggest thing I think is is not overreacting to certain things. You know because mm. stuff happens. There's no way around it. That's it's why we do what we do, and that's why we have project managers and why we have those different team members because we know things are going to happen. So the 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 leadership thing that I think is the biggest thing is okay. It's, 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 is it a problem or is it a challenge? I look at it as more of a challenge kind of thing. Yep. Problems are going to happen. Let's, let's, let's figure this out. You know, bad news doesn't get better with time, get it out there, get the emotion side out of it. Now, how are we going to fix this? Because I can't change what happened. Right. I can only affect what's going to happen and get it to where we need it to be. So, so not overreacting, keeping a level head, thinking through it, getting the right people involved. Cause I don't know all the answers. None of my team know all the answers. My job is is to find that person who does know that answer, get them into the into that onto that team to make sure that we can <clears throat> do this as smoothly, cheaply, and efficiently as possible to 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 uh, accomplish the mission that we have in front of us or yeah. overcome the challenge or or problem, whatever you want to call it. Yep. Uh, how do you how do you mentor people on the not overreacting? Because I, I find that 
you know, when people take ownership of their work, they want everything to go right. I agree that the art and science of project management, construction management is we wouldn't be here if everything was going to go right all the time. Like shit happens. I, I think the 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 um the best way that I found to do that is is when 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 I when I that problem comes to me and it gets when I get knowledge of it is my own reaction to it. Ah, we got this, not a problem. Think about where we're at, what we gotta do. You know, and I and I and I had that situation even in war zones. You know, you know, stuff would hit the fan. You know, all of a sudden, you know, you, you, you walk into my my uh, my my command post, and I look at my team and say, "All right, what's going on, guys?" And and it, and it's just because of that attitude. It's like they look at me and why why are you so calm? I said, "What can you do right now that's going to change anything out there?" And and that was the and after they thought about it, it's like, but are, are there things that you need to do right now that we need to know because of what's going on out there? Right. So let's do our job because we can't affect it, but we need to we need to be able to do still continue to do do the mission and stuff. And so, you know, so that, you know, and and that's it. That's you know, that's a lesson I learned long ago in different situations and and uh, and and even even when I was a project manager managing projects, and I'd sit down for that first kickoff meeting and stuff, and look around the table and says, "Guys, I've been deployed in the, in war zones uh, in a couple of different times. I'm I, I'm not getting shot at. I'm not getting you know. <laughs> it, 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 I'm not I'm not afraid for my life every day here. I said, there's nothing here that we can't work through. And so you know, so just to break the ice to make sure that hey, what we're doing here is we can we can handle everything. You know, the biggest thing is communication. And being able to, uh, you know, ask questions and 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 uh, and, 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 and seek uh, assistance and, and help because that's what the team is all about. So I, I I think that's a rich lesson learned. You know, especially you as an owner mm-hmm. setting that kind of expectation around the project stakeholders or the project team that you know you're calm, you're cool, you're not going to overreact, and therefore people don't have to be afraid to communicate afraid to bring problems to the table so that it can be solved and we talk a lot about how that just makes a project experience better for everybody right i mean if you go if you if if you react harshly to something people are gonna not want to bring problems to you because i don't want them to blow up on me or whatever and that's no we got to be able to to get through things we got to be able to deal with it and and understand it and have that level head to to make it to make that work so so I think that's the the, the the biggest, the best way I've been able to do it is just is lead by example is the simplest term. So yeah, that's that's exactly what I just underlined. Yeah. Um, I, I'd be remiss because I saw something that you commented on LinkedIn uh, around mental health and it's mm-hmm. Suicide Awareness Month. We know that that's that's just a travesty we're dealing with oh, uh, in the military ranks. Um, and, and mental health and resilience, I mean, it starts with being in the right mindset to uh, to be able to not overreact uh, on a project site. But any thoughts or, or lessons learned in uh, in construction? I, because we've also uncovered through the podcast that construction has a pretty pretty terrible suicide. Uh, it, the, yeah, the high it's it's like uh, in in the third highest uh, um, uh, employment or you know yeah industry industry right uh you know beside behind the army you know be you know behind military it's you know it's you know military is still number one um and and i've got the i've had been very very fortunate to work with one of the 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 best professionals and help write the book for 
for suicide prevention for the military. And uh, she's a great friend. And so, and I, and I get, who is that? That's a, her name is um, uh, Michelle Steimer, Dr. Michelle Steimer. And uh, we've, our, our careers have paralleled each other. And, and uh, she's just a, an awesome person, her and her family. And she's uh, you know, runs her own practice here in the Pittsburgh area. Sure. But she, um, <clears throat> she, she's one of those people that when you, when she gets onto a problem, she just, she doesn't, doesn't let up and stuff. And so she's very, 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 very passionate. And we've traveled all over the United States together because of, you know, working together and, and the, on the military side of things. And so I've seen her, her in action and I've seen how she can take care of things. And I've seen her be able to, you know, address and, and, uh, and, and help people, which is just, she's got such a uh, caring attitude, but, be, but because of that, it's helped me to understand as well and to see and to, you know, it, and, and a lot of times it's just recognizing, you know, and, and, and not being afraid to say something to that person and stuff. And so whether it be military here or wherever, you know, and I've, and I've unfortunately had to experience more than one suicide in my career. And, uh, and luckily, none of my soldiers, though, have had to, I've had to worry about that. I have had soldiers that I've been concerned with, of course, but because I, I, I recognize that it, we got we got we got help. And yeah. got the right people. And uh, and so we never had an issue with it besides that got the, you know, and I also said, wasn't afraid to say, Hey, I, I go get counseling as well. Because right. I like to talk to people. And so it's not afraid to talk to get, you know, things out. Cause the last thing I want you to do is, is think that there's no way out because there is. And that's, and that's, and that's sometimes is, you know, that, that person has gotten to that point where, you know, they, they don't think that there's any way out anymore. And now that's, that's a, it's, that's where, you gotta you, you gotta recognize that if you can so well and that goes back to the leadership by example um you know being able to to you know one get through the stigma of that that there's an issue because we're all dealing with stressors and anxieties and and high tempo whether it's construction projects uh you know demanding missions in front of us and right. they can take the toll on on your, your physical being, your mental being. Um, so I want to take the opportunity because I saw you post something about that to, to at least plug it a little bit here. Well, and I appreciate um, that because it, it's very, very important to me. And, me too. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I work with the construction owners of America, you know, as well. And so the, the last conference we had <clears throat> last two, as a matter of fact, we've had a, uh, an element uh, to, to help owners educate owners about, that suicide as well and to recognize it and to, and, and to understand that there's there's programs out there that you can institute so i i you know and i actually that's why i brought uh dr dr steimer in to help out with the with the last she actually spoke at the last event and stuff and so and, and, and i know that owners have reached out to her to say hey you know help us put up a program and, and build this so we can offer that and of course a lot of a lot of companies who have a good hr they, they have that already established as well. AHN has a great establishment of that, but so you can make one phone call and you're, you can get taken care of. And, and uh, so it's, it's very important. And I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. So that's, that's great. Inspiring people in places is brought to you by MCFA. MCFA is a CVE verified service disabled veteran owned small business at MCFA. Our why is to inspire people in places through project leadership. We provide planning, strategy, program management, and construction management support services to a wide variety of public and private sector clients. 
switching switching uh gears a little bit we go into a bit of rapid fire um we talked about your your reserve retirement so i Many times reservists don't have the bandwidth to take on another thing, whether that's a nonprofit they're involved in or or whatever. Mm-hmm. But sounds like sounds like you're involved in sports. Anything else outside of the office that you're uh, passionate about or involved in? Uh, well, I'm a I'm a, uh, I'm a I'm a Boy Scout, <laughs> so okay. I I I'm a I'm an assistant scout master and uh, with the, with a, my my son's Boy Scout troop, and of course I grew up in scouts as well. So I uh, I very passionate to to helping out the, the young boys. I'm not where I'm where I'm at today because two dads specifically, you know, help bring me to you know teach me because like I said my step my dad passed away when I was real young. My stepfather and I didn't get along real well. I was in Boy Scouts and and two dads that that were real close to the family. Um, were the were the leaders of that troop, and uh, though they didn't get along real well together, <laughs> you got I, along with each other. I got along I along with great with both of them, and uh, I am I am where I am at today because of those two guys, and so it's I think it's my responsibility to help do that as well to as many boys and and even girls that I that I you know that I can, and so so we you know seen that and uh, you know the. Uh, I, yeah, I, there is no question. I'm, I'm always busy and got something to do and, and never enough time to get it done and, and stuff, but that's, but I don't think I'd have it any other way. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I, that's awesome that you're paying it forward and, uh, and shout out to those two dads that stepped up to uh, fill that role for you. God bless them. They're both gone now, but, uh, but they're still not forever forgotten. So by a number of us. So, yeah. Uh, favorite quotes or favorite oh, quote. Uh, boy, I, right here on the bottom of my screen, I have a I have a whole list of things, and and every time I start one of my project meetings, I uh you know the first thing I have on there is a quote for the day or something like that, and and so you know I I, I do a lot of reading, I do a lot of audio books in my driving and stuff like that, and a lot of them are are self help, how to you know do things better or you know whatever, and so you know a couple of them that stand out to me, um, you know I I. I, I I can, I, I'm a, I'm a procrastinator at times just because I want things that I, and I never realized it until I was doing my, my graduate degree and, and working on, uh, on a, on a class. I took a mindfulness class and my instructor who was, uh, who was just a, an awesome person. She, uh, she's like, Jim, it's not because you procrastinate. It's because you want it perfect. <laughs> and I was like, I'm like, ah, I'm not, I'm, I'm far. She's like, nope, that's what you, and, and, that, and that really sent. So one, one, that sticks out to me is, is a com- is a quote by Bruce Lee, uh, the uh, the martial artist, you know, back in the in the sixties and seventies. Yeah. If you spend too much time thinking about a thing, you'll never get it done. So, and and and, and the army has an 80-20 rule, you know. You, you I know. Plan, yeah, you, you got it. You got twenty percent of the planning, eighty percent of it preparation, and that and, and so so it, 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 it that falls into that. And so you know that that's so that's one of those ones that sticks out and. And, and then another one is by Danielle Laporte. Do not let perfection become uh, procrastination. Do it now. So, you know, so I, I, I try to stick those in my mind. And there's a few other ones, too, out there. that. But those, I, like, you're speaking to a procrastinator, and this may be news to, to other people. They, they may think um, that I'm, I'm just somebody who's always getting it done. But I'm the same exact way. And I read something that if you're procrastinating on something, it, it does have to do with your perfectionism, but there's probably somebody around you or in your organization that can do it better than you. So, so if you're not going to get it done, 
hand it off to somebody because it's probably not in your zone of genius. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> yep. uh, not that we always have the luxury of delegating something off, but but uh, it, it does make me think like if something's, if there's a project that I'm passionate about, but I like it's stuck, yeah. why is it stuck? And who, who could be helping us with that? Yep. Uh, since you hit Audible and I, I'm a big, uh, big audio book fan yeah. with three young kids, I don't have much time to read, but I still have time yeah. to listen. Yep. Uh, must read book. I, you know, I, boy, I, have a, I have a bunch of them, but probably the one that comes to mind is, uh, is, um, one that, that that when I was doing that mindfulness course back in my graduate degree, finding the space to lead. It's one of those ones that I boy I've listened to that book two or three different times. And uh, uh, I, I I've really gotten into the mindfulness thing. Yeah. Um. And so, I, and so I, do you I, meditate? I do meditate. You know, I try to do it at least once a day. I and I don't always accomplish that, but I'll do. You know, but there's certain things that I do that 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 our meditation that, that I don't, I don't count as meditation, you know, and that's taking that time away from stepping back off. And even if it's just, you know, playing a, a game of a card game on your, on your phone, yeah, or solid, solitaire, 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 right. It, it just, it, it, it breaks that gets you away, keeps your mind off of something else onto something else all total. And when you come back, it just, it just refreshes. And so when I'm having one of those days, it's like, Oh, I got to step back. If any of it, if it's a one minute meditation where I just count 10 breaths into my head, my eyes closed and, and uh, just to relax that deep, because that even, even one breath, when you take a deep breath is a, is a, is, is a, is a relaxing, yeah. um, uh, you know, a task that helps you. And so have you, have you ever heard of Wim Hof? I did. Yes. Yep. Yep. So I'm, I'm a big fan of Wim Hof. I don't think I, we've talked about it on the podcast before, but we'll put yeah. that in the show notes. I, uh, uh, I, I have I, his his uh, cold um, ice bath, ice bath, cold plunge. like that. I've 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 tried to help. I, I do. I work out too, so I I I, um, I I try to do three to five days of of, uh, of workouts a week, whether it be a run or a hike or a, uh, just a walk, and and I do CrossFit as well, and and so you know that you know so I, you know Wim Hof. I try to incorporate that in some of my runs. Where I just you know a t-shirt and a shorts and and it's thirty degrees outside. <laughs> so that's good. Yeah. Uh, any specific apps you've used for for meditation? Um, Calm is probably the, the Headspace. One of those two is probably. Um, I I I, I uh, I'm a cheapskate, so I don't buy it. I just use the. <laughs> yeah, so so it, it so for me though, if I have time, I I like I said I'll, I'll just sit there, set a timer. And try to do 10, 15 minutes, you know, or it's 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 that breathing exercise where I try to count because a lot of times I'll never get to 10. But the next thing you know, it'd be five, 10 minutes later. And, <laughs> and I know that I've accomplished what I was looking to because my mind is clear. I'm out and, and uh, it's it's just calming that mind and not thinking about anything. And yeah. sometimes it takes that five to 10 minutes just to get to that state. So uh, dead or alive, if you could hang out with three people for a day, who would they be? What would you do? That's a good question. Uh, Teddy Roosevelt, I think, is one of those guys I think I'd love to hang out with. I, I've read some uh, some uh, books about him and and uh, just to, you know his his attitude and his and you know things that he was able to accomplish. I think it'd just be a be a, a great great thing. Um, uh, oh boy, uh, three. 
I, I like the I like being out in the wilderness and, and stuff. My son and I did a, a trip to Montana this past year with the with this past July with the Boy Scouts who did a high adventure trip. And so um uh being out there, uh you know, and I don't know if there's anybody certain specifically, but you know, the spending time with my son. Yeah. Was was just a, a week of, you know, we never did something like that. And so uh, to see him grow and to to see where he's, you know, uh, just, you know, that that really, you know, um, had a lot of effect on me. To you know, special so, experience. Yeah, that, that experience because it was it was not a, an easy trip, and we had to train up for this trip for a good for, for six eight months, and and so, but he got out there and uh, and uh, just you know to see him not shy away from any of the experiences that we had. Uh, we did because we did pack rafting trips. So it was hiking trip. Oh, wow. A rafting trip. And in some of these waters that we were rafting on, it was I was a little concerned. And so <laughs> my son was right up there in the front. Never, never lost. A, never, never rolled his raft once. He, you know, one, and he's one of the few that that out of, out of the uh, 14 of us that were 12 of us that were out there that didn't roll his raft, you know, and <laughs> get, you know, caught up on something. And uh and, and, and we're carrying 45 pound rucksacks, you know, 40 to 45 wow. pound backpacks. And even though it's ultra light, it was not ultra light. <laughs> and so it was spending time with my son and my, and my daughter and, and stuff. I think is I, you know, I, cause I didn't get to do that with my dad. And so yeah, trying to make sure that I get to do that with, with them. And so. I, I can give you two. I can give you three on that. Let's see. Yeah. You got you got Teddy Roosevelt and your daughter and your son. I, I we don't we don't need to push. No, there's uh, a there's a there's a few others out there. I'm sure, but yeah. Well, it's what's on your head and your heart right now. So I, I like it. We we catch people off guard a little bit. I like it. Yeah, that was uh, yeah. I didn't expect that one. <laughs> uh, last legacy. Um, what do you, how do you want to be remembered? Um, What's your impact, and uh, you know, or, or what's on your tombstone? Ah, the, the, I don't know. The guy that you know that that uh, wasn't afraid to you know offer a hand and help whoever needed it. You know, I uh, I I've never been one to try to you know be out in the in the front of things or to you know to have a name out there. I just you know I I like what I get to do, and I and I like to help people, and so. Um, the, you know, the, the guy that I like to help people if that was on my tombstone, I guess, and or, or I accomplished that. And, and then I guess that's, that's where I like to be. And, uh, and I think that's one of the reasons why I am so involved in so many different things, because I get to, I get to help people. And, uh, even, even in my daily mission here and, and stuff is, you know, it, you know, as a coach, I get to help bring boys along and, and as a scout leader, as a, you know, even in the army. I mean, I got the, I've got the, you know, see some amazing things around this world. I've, I've literally have, I've, I tell this to people, you know, I, I, I've stepped foot in 12 different countries. Hmm. I've still yet to own a passport. <laughs> that's, that's a pretty good statistic. Yeah. I mean, that's, I still don't have a passport yet today. And uh, so. Um, I think we just figured out what you're going to do in retirement. You got to get a passport and, I, I, and you're going to go, do. you're going to go vacation in a country. I do plan on, on doing some more. I do like to travel. And that's one thing the army has given me the opportunity to do and is to, to see things that I never would have seen and to see things in a way that you would never see it or in yeah. a way that you really don't want to see it either. Yeah. It gives you great perspective. It gives me great perspective as a, as a 20 year old kid sitting in the middle of a desert going through a war, you know, when I came back, it was those little things 
that really I did not take for granted anymore. Uh, I agree. Water, a flushing toilet, a, a personal <laughs> toilet, period. <laughs> I and just, you know, being able to go down to the to the grocery store and have a grocery store, you know, there's, you know, just to wake up with your with your feet on a floor instead of a sand, you know, and or to not have to sleep under it. There are so many things that a 20 year old kid learned the hard way that you don't ever take for granted. Take for granted. I, I remember coming home from uh, from West Point the first time after, you know, our six or seven week basic training and being able to open the refrigerator and grab milk. <laughs> like <laughs> pouring a glass of milk was a luxury. Uh, and it is when you take all that stuff away, it, it, it certainly changes your perspective and makes you pr- appreciate what you have. Yeah. Uh, you said something probably 20 times in that last little bit over and over. I get to, I get to, I get to, I get to. And and we talk about get to versus a got to attitude. Uh, yeah. I get to do this versus I got to do it. Uh, so I just want to thank you for, you know, it, it's, we need to be reminded more often than we need to be taught. And, and you just reminded me of that. And it's just such a, it's a, it's a great perspective. Um, and I wanted to highlight that you, you obviously bring that attitude to everything you're touching. Um, so to close us out, Jim, you've had a great career. Uh, you've had a lot of experiences, any closing words of wisdom to our audience? Uh, we've got we've got a diverse audience. Kids coming right out of college, just starting their careers, to to uh, senior executives, to uh, retirees. Um, I, 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 you know, I, I, my career, my my military career, am I done? You know, but I still have a lot more to experience yet. And so that's that's you know, and that's life to me. If you're not if you're not getting out there, you're not experiencing. I had a I call him my uncle, but he's actually a cousin. You know, when I, when I remember as a young kid, you know, him coming up and he, you know, he was a good golfer. He took me out golfing and stuff and he, but he started teaching me things about my family that I didn't know and stuff. And so he just passed away here a couple of years ago. He's 102 years old. And, sure. uh, and so he was, uh, I, I, I've been trained to, you know, uh, for military funerals and stuff. And so I, unbeknownst to the, to the family, I, I uh, went and presented the, his flag to, you know, to his family. And uh, I've done, and I've, I've been honored to do that to three of my uncles as, as well as him. And um, so, you know, you, you never quit learning and you, mm. and you never stop, you know, getting to it. You know, it's, that's, you know, you, there's, there's so much more out there that, you know, that I want to do um, uh, and, and want to accomplish. And, 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 uh, and, and I, I, you know, I, I, my, my body says I'm getting, getting up there in age, things starting to hurt more and more. But my mind is saying, nope, we got to keep going. We got to keep moving. Got to keep, you got to keep going. So, you know, the things that I, and the thing I, you know, someone young coming out of college and, and just had that kind of conversation yesterday with a couple, uh, um, you know, you learn something from everybody. Sometimes it's what not, <laughs> not to do. <laughs> it's, and that's just as important as what to do. So, you know, you, you never take anybody for granted. You never disrespect anybody and you, uh, and you, and you learn from them. And uh, now there's some people who might not want to be around. And when you find that out, then you, you, you don't be around them. But but you still you learn that. And you, and you, so you, you, you treat you treat people with how they want to be treated. And you can really find out that you're going to go a long way. So 
I've had a lot of great experiences that way just because I was, you know, not afraid to, you know, say thank you to somebody or, hey, can I give you a hand with something? And and the next thing you know, what it turns into and the experience that you have. I mean, I, I uh, you know, it, it, throughout the, you know, around the world, I've had those kind of experiences from, from you know, in, in Okinawa, Japan to, to Kuwait City, you know, during the Gulf War. I mean, I've got, I got stories I can tell you that, you know, and I and I look at it back then. Back then, I didn't think anything of it. But I look yeah. back on it now, and I'm like, wow, that was really kind of an experience that I never thought about. That was make anything, make any big deal of. But it really, you know, I value that. So, great advice, Jim. Well, Jim, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to uh, to join us on the show. And uh, I think Allegheny Health Network is lucky to have you and your family is lucky to have you back. <laughs> so enjoy the army reserve retirement and uh, best of luck to you at Allegheny health. Thank you for the opportunity. It's uh, it's been a great little, little discussion. So thank you. Thanks Jim.